Hey everybody, on this edition of Guys Talking Sports, uh, Super Bowl is over, Kansas City Chiefs has won, Juju is tweeting after the game, in the NBA, we're going to talk about Kyrie, KD, and some of the trades, that and a little bit more on this edition of Guys Talking Sports. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, where it's three guys. Unfortunately, you can only see one as two are behind black silhouette screens. And we're here to talk about sports, talk some shit, and have a couple of laughs. So uh, before we get started on this uh, adventure for the evening, uh, I want to bring on the fellas. Al may or may not be around, but Ace definitely is. He's just dark and just shows a big Adrian like no one knows what his name is. What's going on, Playboy? Well, I didn't think nobody wanted to see me uh, see me stuffing my fluffy face, so I figured I'd just hide behind the screen for a moment while I scarf a little something down. But uh, <laughs> I believe, I, I, for, for, for listening enjoyment, I can leave the, the mic on so you can hear me smacking. Uh, but I, I, I'll, I'll mute myself. <laughs> I'm about to say, there's something about po- um, podcast etiquette where we don't want to hear any additional sounds like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But <laughs> glad to be here. We got plenty to talk about. Look forward to getting the show started. Well, let's get right down to it. Um, our boy I will be on in the, uh, I guess, in, in the in the second segment. But before we, uh, while we get started. Let's talk about the game that was. Super Bowl is over. A new champion is crowned. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I wasn't here last week to give my picks. I would have probably picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win, even though I'm a Giants fan. I was wrong. Ace, I'm not sure who you picked, but I don't know if you were wrong or right. But um, Kansas City Chiefs won. Patrick Mahomes was named MVP, even though some people around here in Philly would like to believe that um, Jalen Hurts should have gotten it, even though his team lost. However, Kansas City Chiefs won. Philadelphia Eagles lost. Philadelphia fans are not too happy. <laughs> and I was grinning from ear to ear. So, Ace, what was your thoughts about the game? And do you believe that Patrick Mahomes um, should have got crowned Super Bowl MVP? Huh. Well, first of all, it was a great game. Um, the NFL got exactly what they wanted. They wanted an offensive type of show. They got that very little defense, but they got the defense when it mattered. And overall, very entertaining. Um, I can't be mad with the gutty performance that Mahomes put on, especially after re-injuring his, uh, his ankle right before halftime. Um, it's debatable to say he's he's most valuable player, but I mean, in in order for a a player to get MVP on a losing side, you would have had to put forth a gallant effort. And I'm not saying that, uh, not saying that the the QB for the Eagles, uh, which Jalen Hurts didn't do so. I mean, he had a hell of a game. I mean, yeah, he had a hell of a game, but I think the gutsy performance of, Patrick Mahomes in the second half, leading his teams to three touchdowns. Pretty much they had four touches in the second half. Three touchdowns and a field goal to win. And you you, you can't debate his greatness uh, and the situation that uh, kind of built from it. So 
Uh, I have no, I have no issues with Mahomes being uh, MVP. Um, I mean, for Kansas City, I guess Bradbury's the MVP, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess it just depends on which way you look at it. You know, Jalen Hurts should not be hanging his head over the situation. Uh, it just goes to show that the Philly and Kansas City was pretty much identical in all categories up and down as far as who they are as a team. Even that one stupid-ass stat they talked about where they both had a Kelsey on their damn roster, you know, as far as stats and all that type of crap. So it was eerily similar. I mean, eerily similar. So nobody should be really too disappointed about the situation. Honestly, the the better team won. So I really have no regrets with Mahomes getting MVP. Uh, but it was a, it was definitely a team effort offensively. There wasn't no one real person that stood out, whatever. But you know, obviously, when it comes down to to the QB and what he had to do, obviously, we know he probably got shot up in his ankle because there's no way in hell he could do some of the things that he did unless he put on an acting job out of nobody's business to kind of fool and you know deceive people. But um, it was just a great game. You know, and I, I truly thought Kansas City was going to lose. And you also said uh, you wanted to know if I picked Kansas City. I believe I did um, just because I just don't think that Philly faced anybody. You know, they faced the Niners, obviously. The Niners had a top five defense. But once their quarterback went down and they just was a one-dimensional team and you keep stopping them, obviously the defense is going to get tired and they're going to have their way with the defense. So I don't think – I think if they were to play the game again with two healthy quarterbacks, I'm not saying that Philly wouldn't win, but I think there'd be a different outcome score-wise at least. So I just don't think Philly was tested, and it just came down to a bend and no, you know, a bend but don't break type of situation as far as who's the winner is concerned. Both teams bent, <laughs> but Philly's defense cracked or started to splinter right there at the end. And old boy admitted to it at the end. So, I mean, what was <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I, uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with, with Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP. Um, I mean, who else are you going to give it to? I mean, you normally goes to the player on the winning, on the winning side. I mean, hell, you could have made a case and argument back when Philly won their Super Bowl with Nick Foles a couple of years ago. That that Brady shouldn't have got it, and he threw for 500 yards and had a few touchdowns. They, the Philadelphia Eagles, just had more points. So I mean, you know, it, it can cut both ways in some people's eyes. But um, I agree with you. Um, Jalen Hurts, I was always skeptical of. I was always skeptical of of a his throwing abilities and accuracy, and I think he pretty much answered all those questions all season. The one thing I was really skeptical about when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles is like is what you kind of touched on these. They hadn't really played anybody. They hadn't really been tested, especially in the playoffs. And my whole thing was, you know, they are much better when they are playing ahead with a lead and they can front run. Um, can you put up points? Yes, but if you have to rely solely more on them trying to stop a hot, a hot offense. Then that's the problem because their defense, they can be ran on, which they were, and they can be passed on, <laughs> which they damn sure was. And when they're not front running and then they can just kind of 
defensively pin their ears back and go after the QB. Um, you put a lot of pressure on their secondary and their secondary has always been suspect and Patrick Mahomes in that second half. I mean, the Eagles blew a 10 point lead and I thought going into the second half, I'm like, oof. If, if Philly, um, if Philly sits on his ball for the second half and don't give it to Patrick Mahomes to do much scoring, it's going to be over quick. And they did the exact opposite. <laughs> they couldn't stop him. The man went down the field. He was flawless except for one um, errant pass. And that was the one where Bradbury, as he admittedly held <laughs> Juju Smith. So, I mean, people are always going to talk about the penalty cost in the game. No, it was the Eagles blowing a 10-point lead um at halftime and couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes at all in the second half and got no pressure on him so you can say what you want about it that's why you lost and you got exposed because if you can't front run and have a nice 10 to 15 point cushion and then just sit on the ball and you actually got to go you know shot for shot look what happened so but um yeah, I was I was very impressed with Jalen Hurts all in the loss. And, you know, he did his thing. I was very surprised. And like you said, it was a great game. It went right down to the wire. Um, and yes, uh um Hurts had more yards than um than Mahomes did, but Mahomes was much more strategic with his passing in the second half and basically picked them apart on one <laughs> on one wheel at that. So if he has two wheels, oof. What do you think would have happened? But, you know, the game is the game. Agreed. And it just goes to show that uh, Kansas City had better second-half adjustments than the Eagles. And the Eagles probably wanted to rely on, just like you said, having that 10-point lead and then try to coast it out. But they never, they never, they haven't faced an offense as potent as the as the Chiefs all season. And again, I wouldn't say that the Niners' offense wouldn't have posed a problem. We'll never know because obviously, Purdy got hurt, the backup got hurt, they had no emergency quarterback. Purdy just had to come in and hand the damn ball off. And so, again, can you know? Congratulations to the Eagles. They had a hell of a season. They have a lot to build on. They have some areas they need to uh, to address, obviously. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but we'll see how they respond and bounce back next year. Are they legit or are they uh, a one-hit wonder? Or are they every three- to four-year team? You know what I'm saying? So we'll we'll see how this the whole thing plays out. Yeah, I agree with you because, I mean, the thing is, you know, what can you do? Is this a blip or is this a trend? Because prior to that, you, people weren't really sure about Jalen Hurts. You know, his campaign in the playoffs last year, he had to throw the ball. It wasn't pretty <laughs> or accurate. Um, so this year he comes in. They really didn't get tested, but they were able to, they did what they needed to do. Um, so next year, we're going to see. I mean, they're going to be the favorite front runners. We're going to kind of see how things play off in the NFL, you know, offseason what quarterback ends up where um but right now i think you know early going in it would be against the top teams in the nfc at least would be the philadelphia eagles 
in the 49ers, but it's all going to depend on the quarterback. Who is going to be their QB? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? Is it going to be Trey Lance? That's the big question mark for the 49ers. And I wished that we would have had an opportunity to at least see the 49ers with Brock Purdy play a complete game. Now, if I think of the Eagles won and got really tested and still won, I think that would have served them better going into the Super Bowl, knowing that you can't just get a 10-point lead and coast, even if you thought Mahomes was hurt. You're right. He probably got shot up with something. He came back out and he methodically picked them apart. Exactly. <laughs> you touched on the uh, the 49ers. Uh, I guess the 49ers has a good problem. Uh, knowing what they got going into the offseason. You got Trey Lance, who they have an offense they can run and know they have an added dimension with that offense with him. And then you have a – I almost want to say, like, Brock Purdy is, like, the younger version of Jimmy G. Maybe a little bit more mobile, maybe as mobile, because remember Jimmy G had wheels before he hurt his knee, and mm-hmm. then he became less mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like you have Jimmy G light, and then you have Trey Lance. So what are the Niners going to do? I don't know, but uh, Philly's going to be all right. Their wide receiver core is okay. I think they got a. Don't they have an issue with their running back? I can't think of his name. He's a uh, he's up for he's a free agent this year. Who Eagles? The the starting running back. Yeah, the Eagles starting running back. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that's a good question. I'm not sure. They're going to have some problems because you know what are you going to do with Jalen Hurts? Because he's going to look for his money, and he's going to probably want an extension. How much are you going to give? Because depending on how much you give, you might not be. Well, they're probably going to lose some people in the offseason anyway. I think um, I think Lane Johnson is probably going to retire. Jason Kelsey might opt to retire. We don't know. Um, Fletcher Cox is probably going to retire or not You know, be brought back. Um, James Bradbury was on a one-year deal. Who knows where he's going to end up at? So they have a couple of holes that are going to be created that you might have about six or seven players you know in free agency that might might be gone and then you still gotta give Jalen Hurts his money if you opt to do it now or wait so whatever money that they're going to give him and the owner already said money is no problem you know sometimes the man can get the bag but then you might hurt yourself on the back end because you might not be able to bring anybody else in so we'll see (laughs) And then also the Eagles, the Eagles then lost their offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator to head, head coaching positions. And I think that's going to be the really telltale sign coming the next season. Because you can't, I mean, you can sometimes lose one or the other and you still might get by, but to lose both? Mm. Exactly. So it's, I mean, obviously the head coach is still there. So it's still his philosophy. So does he you know, move somebody in internally to, to keep that same philosophy, that same play calling? Or does he go out there and get somebody who's more experienced than what they have? And I and honestly, isn't that the same scenario? I'm not saying that's the same scenario, but the coach that's the, uh, he was the Phillies, he was the Eagles coach when he won the Super Bowl. And now he's the coach over in, um, in, J- in Jacksonville. 
I'm not Doug sure. Peterson. Right. I'm not sure if he lost off he did lose off his, his offensive coordinator to Indianapolis. Um and then things started to go a little bit downhill, and that's why he got fired after so many years after he won the Super Bowl. I think it was like one or two years after the fact. So the bigger question will be, you know, will the Eagles, you know, ride the storm with what they do internally, or if they go grab somebody else, or will they hit the panic button and get rid of their coach, knowing he just won the Super Bowl, and then two years down the line, he ain't doing well, and they're going to give him the boot. Because it almost <laughs> sounds like uh, uh, you know, a, a repeat of a, of the same story just a couple of years, of, you know, in, in the future. I don't know. Should be fun. Should be really fun. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the, as the NFL is over, we're going to see next season because we're going to see who's going to make it back and who's not. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, as as of right now, I would. I wouldn't put money on either one of the teams making back because we just don't know how other teams are going to reload <laughs> coming to offseason and the draft. So it's going to be interesting. Highly interesting. And that's why we love the the drama that is the NFL. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and the skits that are, that are written up and told what's going to happen next because, uh, you know, there always has to be somebody getting arrested for some crap now that the season's over. Some team is going to do something irrational. So I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, this is the time where um, this is the time where the um, the commissioner clutches his pearls the most. <laughs> Too much down down and idle time for the players. Yep. Uh, but as the football is is over, um, the trolling via Twitter has risen, um, courtesy of Juju Smith Schuster. He sends out a happy Valentine's Day tweet to James Bradbury, putting up his picture, his face, and saying, I'll hold you when it matters most. <laughs> I thought that shit was funny, personally. Obviously, um, not everybody thought that was funny. Um, who was it? A.J. Brown responded back and said, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is his response to Twitter. He said, this is lame. You was on your way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on a one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. Be congratulations about congratulations again. <laughs> Darius Slay, big, big Slay, um, who was rather quiet in that uh, Super Bowl, said, come on, bro, now you're doing too much. <laughs> and uh cj gardner johnson was he on the, the eagles i can't remember name doesn't even ring a bell probably was but i didn't see him he said juju ran from me when i was checking him in the game then 10 got his smoke and then he also responded saying i got more ints than bras had tds maybe i need to change to wide receiver I thought the tweet was funny. <laughs> you won, so the victor goes to spoils. It would have been funny if he did that right after the game, but he's going to wait a couple of days. Personally, I thought it was all fun. Um, what did you think about it? Haters going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, folks. Now I'm live in distorted color. Live and in technicolor. <laughs> 
haters gonna hate. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, I mean, social media is all well and good when it when it benefits you, but what's crazy? Bradbury didn't say a word because he knew that though it was funny and it was sort of sort of like a a nice little ding or a little you know whatever whatever you want to call it but uh extremely accurate is accurate af as we like to say on our social media so the man who was targeted didn't bother to say anything but it was the subordinates of said yet losing team that had to come out and speak their piece Obviously, y'all salty about a lot of different things, but yet y'all challenging, uh, channeling your energy in the wrong direction. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Your boy came out and publicly admitted that shit. <laughs> Humble yourselves. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. Hum Humble yourselves. It's not like Juju was saying something that wasn't publicly admitted. <laughs> I now, thought it was funny. <laughs> right. And it was on Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to show love, <laughs> as Diddy would say. <laughs> I recall years ago, and no one and, and no one said too much about this, when the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from a 3-1 deficit and beat the Golden State Warriors, I believe, I think it was... LeBron James that had a Halloween party and he had tombstones that said three and one. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew what that was. <laughs> but but everybody was like, ha ha, funny. And it's kept it moving. And then the Golden State Warriors, when they beat LeBron James, I think it was the follow season. Yep. Follow season. After that, they came back and said, oh, Steph Curry said, and I quote, Ooh, locker room still smells like champagne. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Trolling goes on all the time, man. To the mm. victors goes the spoils, man. Mm. You just, nothing you can say. What can you say? Not a damn thing. And and and, and again, haters going to hate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So with, with that being said, what is one going to do? I know Kansas City Chiefs when they beat the, um, the and beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes came out there talking about, oh, we don't got no stogies in the uh, stogies in the locker room, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> or Patrick Mahomes' father talking about, you know, no more uh, Joe Cool. We got the Philly Blunts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> it just is what it is. Hey, so man. I don't. I don't... <sighs> They they just hating on the cat because, yeah, he may not be typically um, that guy when it comes to, uh, you know, putting up big numerous numbers on on the field. He was doing his thing in Pittsburgh, but obviously his numbers dip. But don't say that he wasn't nothing and he was out the league because he was far from being out the league. He almost had a thousand yards receiving in this offense, and all Mahomes did this particular season was divvy out the yards a lot more. And so don't don't hate on the player. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just salty because y'all took an L. Y'all, you need to get on your defense. You need to get on Bradbury for that shit. 
Yes. Um, and, and for A.J. Brown, I'm like, you talking about someone resurrected your career. Dude, you was in Tennessee playing with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> wasn't doing nothing. It wasn't for the Eagles coming in and getting you. And I said on draft draft day, I was hating that 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 trade that they got him. If the Eagles didn't get you, you'd still be on the Tennessee Titans doing much of anything. Putting up big numbers, but you wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. So... You can talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes resurrected your career. Hell, the Eagles got you <laughs> and helped your career. So you kind of both in the same boat. I agree. But oh well. But the one thing I do want to say before, you know, before you move off of that is that I've been hearing a lot of people um, on TV talk about um Talk about the call, the, the, the pass interference. Everybody was trying to make excuses on why they shouldn't have thrown the flag. A lot of people were, they weren't really denying that it wasn't, that it wasn't a hold. They were saying it was a ticky-tack hold, but they're not denying it was a hold. They're denying it. They're saying that it's a flag, but don't throw the flag at that, at that point. My thing is, it's a game of football. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I don't care about the game. I mean, if, if this is my Giants and, and it was the versus them, it is what it is. Whether it's, the, if, whether it's the first, second, third, I don't want to hear about the first half of the fourth quarter. I want to hear about a Super Bowl. A penalty is a penalty. The man admitted to it. I don't care about the moment. If, he, if it was an egregious and a ref saw it, he's going to throw the flag. Now, if he doesn't throw the flag, and let's say the Kansas City Chiefs go for the field goal, they miss it, and then Philadelphia Eagles go right down the field, kick a field goal to win a Super Bowl, people are going to talk about the call that the refs should have called that they missed. Double-edged sword. Double-edged all the time. And Philly would have been like, well, you know, uh, you know, they, they saw they whistle. What are we going to say? No, it's a call. Was, it was the right call. You know, a lot of people saying it, but don't tell me that, yeah, you know it was a foul, but don't throw the flag because of the moment. It's football. Regardless of the moment, regardless of the game, it's the game of football. And if you do a penalty within the confines of the game, no matter where you're at, it is what it is. Exactly. If you don't want the rest to take, to, to put the game into their hands, guess what? Don't grab them. If you don't want the refs to put the game in their hands when it's a close game, guess what? Don't blow a 10-point lead. If you don't want the refs to call that flag and cost you a close game, then guess what? Get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes and stop him. But stop trying to make excuses for your defense not doing what it's supposed to do. And stop him when he only has one leg. You let that man scramble for damn near 20 yards with a with a, one strong leg and a and a bum ankle. But yet, on that same drive, mind you, on that yes. same drive, <laughs> but yet you want to hang on this particular call that your own boy, your own player said, I did it. And Manned I was, up to it. And I was fully expecting somebody on the Philadelphia Eagles to at, one, at some point get pissed off and be like, you know what? I'm going to take a late hit. <laughs> just touch him up a little bit just so he knows that we out there. Nope, 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 nope. nope. 
And that's you know what uh you know what they call that in uh in football? Halftime adjustments. <laughs> that's what that's called. Cause he was doing his five step drops and he was looking for receivers. He was having to scramble too much. He got to him, he hurt his ankle. So what'd they do? They went back to the two and three step drop, get it out of his hand in less than a second. And y'all couldn't do nothing about it. And y'all let this man run and get a 20-yard game on that drive with a bum ankle. But yet y'all want to cry about the call. And then y'all want to cry about Juju talking about sending out the love, you know, with the hold via social media. Grow some balls. <laughs> Live, uh, admit, admit to the wrongdoings. Admit that y'all lost. Because if it was the shoe on the other foot, Y'all be sitting there like, you're like, ooh, y'all should suck it up, Kansas City. Y'all shouldn't have held the play. You shouldn't have held A.J. Brown so you can need the blah, 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 so we can kick this field goal. All right. So if y'all that shit, come back next year and prove it. Come back. Pull off the same season that you had. Come back. Punch everybody in the mouth next season. This is going to piss y'all off. It's going to taste nasty in your mouth all off season. Come back and show them who y'all made of. And guess and guess what? And you know who else they should really be mad at? Oh, please enlighten. Doug Peterson. Because hmm. when he played, because when the Jacksonville Jaguars played played the Eagles, they were lighting them up. And he spoke to Andy Reid before the Super Bowl and said that the Philadelphia Eagles defense in the red zone overcommits. Andy Reid said. Cool. Click. What happened in the second half? Overcommit. And they had two wide open, wide open receivers. Mm-hmm. Nobody, not even 15 yards next to them. I was looking at it. I'm like, wait a second. I thought, I thought somebody got, you know, you know, you know, chip um, um chop blocked or something. Cause the man could have been too wide open without something going on. I was waiting for the flag. No flag. They came back and ran the very similar play to the opposite side of the field. Mm-hmm. And the man did a quick in the end zone, nobody around. I'm like, what in the F are y'all guys doing? <laughs> Obviously not growth and, <laughs> and committing to the same BS they've been committing to all year because they figured ain't nobody figured it out. We only lost one game, whatever the hell that was. And when, when Jalen was hurt and we figured we could just coast our way in because we have this lead. So, yeah. And they got exposed big time. And oh. that just comes from having a coach and offensive coordinators. And uh, you know what? I'm not even Eric Bianni, you know, Eric Bianni, he deserves his flowers. He did a hell of a job offensively uh, with uh, adjustments. But you got to, you know, the defense adjusted too because they had to stop them on multiple drives in order to put themselves in situations to take the lead being down 10 points. You know what I'm saying? So both coordinators and both the the entire staff of the the Chiefs need their kudos because they did what they needed to do to win this game. And ultimately, the better team, the better staff won. So – Stop crying. Get out your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know I'm a sideline guy. I know I, 
I ain't play no college ball. I ain't do none of that crap. And I'm still talking shit on your asses. So just <laughs> get over it. <laughs> Eagles, Eagles fans and, and Eagles teams. And and I, you know, you know, live near Philly and work in Philly and work with a lot of Eagles fans. I must say you guys were uh, very confident to the point of being overconfident leading up to Super Bowl. I think you were in my opinion, reading too much of the press clippings. Everybody thought that the Eagles were going to win this one. I mean, when you look at all of the, you know, the sports writers and the commentators and the people calling that game, you know, some people are going for the Chiefs, but a lot more are going for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ergo, which is why the Kansas City Chiefs were at their victory parade talking about no one believed in them. People say, no, that's not true. Uh, yeah, that's a lot true. <laughs> but, but I don't understand. This is because they lost... Uh... They lost the cheetah. And I understand he was able to blow the top off for of defenses. I don't understand why they believe that just because they lost him offensively, they were going to be that bad. To me, that makes no sense whatsoever. If anything, that was just an added bonus. Hmm. Kansas City still had people who had top end speed. And it went out there and got Sky Moore. Now, Sky Moore obviously is a rookie. He's not the cheetah. But now he's had a year underneath his belt. He understands it, and you know he understands the NFL. He's only going to get better. And again, the cheetah—he is his—he's an amazing individual, and you can see what he did with Miami, and how they opened up Miami's offense, and how things are going to be really great in Miami. But the bottom line is, the Chiefs showed you that the the offense is not one player, or it's not one individual player that makes the team great. Yes, they have a great offensive quarterback, makes wonderful decisions. They can do things that a lot of quarterbacks can't do. But that's the only advantage that they have over everybody else. That and great scheming and great play calling. So stop hating on the fact that they won. They were the better team. They've had more experience over the past four or five years. You guys might have won it one time in that five years, but they've been there damn near every damn year since. Mm-hmm. So, just pay respect where respect is due. And if you guys are really that ish, you'll come back next season and you guys will punch everybody back in the mouth again to get back in that position to to us to affirm and to show the world that this is where y'all belong. But until then, I don't want to hear shit. <laughs> only only team that can come out there and talk shit and deserve to talk shit, is Kansas City. Until somebody else tells them they ain't shit. Because even the two years they didn't get to the Super Bowl, they were in the AFC Championship. So, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't I couldn't agree more. If, if you guys, if, if you're that team, if you're that dude, if you guys think you are that guy, then you should be right back in the Super Bowl next year. No questions asked. It, it should you, be a given. And you should want Kansas City to be on the other side so you can right the wrong. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, they probably will have another shot to be there as long as the supporting cast comes. I understand that, you know, Travis Kelsey's a little, he's getting older. So he's still not going to be that guy. But for whatever reason, he may not be that guy now. But damn, if he don't stay open. <laughs> I don't know what the heck they do, but he stay open. And he even says that. Like, I don't understand how I'm so wide open. 
but until somebody shuts his ass down, he's he coming back every year and still keep getting open because they haven't figured out they haven't figured out that 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 key. Nope, he's going to keep talking talking shit because he can. He's going to be continuously cussing on the air because mm-hmm. he can exactly. for for one or two reasons that we couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. So. Oh, and so all your other haters uh, with Rihanna's Super Bowl performance, they're saying that it was eh. You try being a couple months pregnant and doing all that stuff and then being on some rafters. Exactly. And then, you, and, and, and saying, not, she wasn't lip syncing totally. She was singing. You try doing all of that. And if you can, then you can complain. If not, I thought it was a pretty good, you know, Halftime performances as they go. Was it the best in my opinion? No, I'm still partial to Prince. However, it was good. Not a whole lot of dancing, but it was still good. Hey, that's about as close to I ever get to a Rihanna concert. And I was very much entertained <laughs> by the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, you don't like it? Kick rocks, pretty much. No shit. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're going to get their, they're going to get their more middle of the ground pop, pop wish next year for a Super Bowl. I know it's been, it's been too, uh, it's been too, it's been too dark the past couple of years. Too diverse. Too diverse. You want to say? That's very generous. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a very generous word to say. Some people might think it might have been too diverse. They might want something a little bit more. Popish. I mean, we can get old boy from Canada. What's his name? Black guy. He did the the one. Oh, he did the show with the mirrors. He was on it. They had him. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Exactly. So I'm just saying. uh, No, no. We'll probably see somebody like Taylor Swift or somebody that genre up in there. She wasn't it. Who was it before her that did the joint on the dragon? That was about four or five years ago. Can't think uh, of her name. But anywho, when you're sitting there paying, I had uh, my boy over here and his girlfriend, and the girlfriend was saying that one of her girlfriends went to the damn Super Bowl, and she paid ten thousand dollars for a club seat. To be at the game because she's an entre- entrepreneur with a pretty profitable business. And when I pay $10,000 for a club seat, damn it, I want to be entertained by a high grossing entertainer. And it better not be no crap. Mm. So think about that, Jay Z, and uh, your, your concert organizing folk. Don't bring no BS up to that joint. Yeah, I guess they didn't know she was going to be pregnant at the time they, they tapped her to do it. <laughs> we met anybody. We met ASAP Rocky. Right. ASAP. <laughs> sir. You're doing your thing, sir. Nothing mm. wrong. There's no shame in being an at-home daddy. Nothing at all, sir. Nothing at all. You got that beautiful compound in Barbados. You living nice. The baby's taken care of with family. Dude, just enjoy and sit back. Stay out of trouble. Live life. 
You good, son. You yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Kudos. Kudos. Hell, if I could have done it twice, damn it, I'd have done it twice too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but I like uh, <laughs> Yes. All right. So next basketball. We knew there were some trades that was gonna happen before the NBA trade deadline. We just didn't know the magnitude of said trades. Um Last week, uh, on the last call, it was just Kyrie that was traded. After the call, KD got traded to the Suns. And the Suns got back a nice haul for their, for their, um, Nets got back a nice haul for their trade. Basically, the Nets just reset. (laughs) Yes, they did. Um, They still got Ben Simmons. And I don't think you're going to get any takers for Ben Simmons, you know, unless it's a, you know, for, for a bag of peanuts and chips. <laughs> but I have a bad feeling Ben Simmons's Ben Simmons days in the NBA are numbered. Well, he collected his bag. <laughs> that might be the last bag he get. <laughs> <laughs> he he collected his bag for sure. I mean, hell, it's guaranteed. So, you know, let me ride it out to the sunset. Let me go off and just do what I need to do. Hey, Ben Simmons, save your, hopefully you're saving your money well and you got, you know, a lot of investments. The uh, properties you had out here with, you know, several million dollar house in Jersey, the $2.5 million condo in Philly and whatever, might want to start downsizing and thinking about consolidating your stuff. But I digress with that point. But KD is now with the, with the, um, with the Phoenix Suns. What did you think about the, the overall trade of both players? And do you think that now this makes Phoenix Suns, at least on the West Coast, the prohibitive favorite? Well, damn, when you're talking about Chris Paul, uh, KD, DeAndre Ayton, and what's my boy name? Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. And that's the top four out of the five in starting lineup. Dude, you could throw, I don't know, you could throw a goon out there. Just somebody just get, <laughs> get rebounds. <laughs> that that's a, that's an that's an incredible, incredible uh formidable uh starting five right there. You don't got much bench to show for it, but I mean I guess that's a problem that you just deal with after the fact. You just gotta make sure that when they're all five of them in there in there, you know, you get the best bang for your buck. Uh I'm just really saddened by everything that kind of took place in Brooklyn. I, I, you know, I think, I think the Nets had great intentions on what they were trying to do. Um, but sometimes when you take a step back and you evaluate what Boston did to, to acquire their big three or their big two, because I don't even think they have a third, but they just, their two is solid. <laughs> you got what's going on in, in Milwaukee. You got what's going on in Miami, where you might have a star, but you have very, very solid, a very solid staff or very, very solid players around them to make them better. You don't always necessarily have to go out there and grab the best three players in the damn world. To play on one team. And it unfortunately took Brooklyn to to be the 
I don't know. I don't even know what word to, to kind of use, but just to, uh, to show the world that you can go this route and it don't work. I mean, technically, you can even go to L.A. and say it didn't really work. You have, you know, LeBron got his bubble championship, but how many people really, really, really count that as a championship? You know what I mean? Considering the circumstances they got, you know, that came with it. So it's just going to show that, yeah, you want to get the best players, but sometimes going getting the best players, this isn't the right move for a franchise. And Brooklyn succumbed to that, and now they're learning the hard way, but I guarantee that everything that they learn from this is going to be motivating them to do better moving forward. As far as the Suns are concerned, I love the the new owner, and he said, the hell with this, I'm going all in now. You may not never have an, have an opportunity again to, to be where he is. I'm not mad at him. He's doing what he has to do. Um, do I think Phoenix comes out of the West? I don't think there's very many teams that can sit there and stand in their way. Uh, if you want to go starting five and starting five, now when you want to go to the bench, could that be a liability? Probably so. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And as far as Kyrie being in Dallas with Luca, I personally, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking Kyrie at all. We all know Kyrie is who he is. He's a great player. I just don't think that that's going to be enough to propel Dallas to go to the to the least to the Western Conference Championship. It might. I could be totally wrong, but I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't see it because mind you, I haven't seen any real games. I just remember from a couple of days ago when it was coming down to the end of the game and Kyrie and Luca was passing the ball to one another, like, okay, who's gonna take the last shot? Hot potato. Right. And what's to say that that won't happen again? And then what's to say that if one of them decide to take the damn shot and the other one is open? who's going to start the argument from that point in, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot to go on. It's a lot to handle on in that situation. <laughs> so I'm just curious to see how the whole thing plays out. The only team that I can feel comfortable about moving forward beyond the season is probably, probably Phoenix because Chris Paul is going to be let go. Obviously they're going to want to go. They're, they're going to want to go younger from a point guard standpoint, mm. in my opinion. So, but as far as Devin Booker and KD, I believe they still have long-term contracts still in place. I know KD still has two more years and Devin Booker, I'm sure, has a couple of years. Is this Chris Paul is just old as hell and they're going to want somebody more established and Chris Paul is probably not done yet so they'll probably get somebody that's a little bit younger more established for Chris Paul that somebody may want to do something. So, yeah, that's my take on that. But I'm really I'm really curious about the elephant in the room. You know, he's he's sitting on the sideline quiet you know, got his workers in the background because he out there just grinding. And we just want to know how he feels <laughs> about this situation because all the dominoes are falling because of his Brooklyn Nets. So, Brother Numsi, Brother Al. Brother Numsi. <laughs> how are you feeling today? That day when KD got traded, bro, you was quiet. I thought I had to put a suicide watch on him. You were quiet as all hell. I, I I didn't know if you're okay. I'm happy to see you, knowing that you're living. 
that you're breathing. But that uh that Thursday, bruh, you were uh yeah, you weren't doing too good. <laughs> yeah, man, you 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 you, you, you off quiet, man. You was like that Michael Jackson meme when you were in a yellow shirt, you know, thinking about something. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> I just so so if I could be so bold to say, tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. <laughs> well, I want to say this before 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 I, before I get started. I just want to say that. That is the Nets are turning themselves out to be the poster team of what of how not to get a collection of stars to play with them, you know, to play well. They rolled the dice a couple of years ago when they decided to bring in um all Pierce <laughs> wow. and Kevin okay. Garnett and gave a lot of draft picks. That was a disaster. They were in draft pick purgatory. Finally, they got themselves back in, in good in, in good graces. They had some good picks. They had some good players. That squad that was playing in the bubble had a lot of potential, a lot of talent. Then they decided to roll the dice again and got a hurt KD, who didn't even play the first year, and got a sketchy Kyrie, who was eh, playing good when he was playing without KD for the first year. But then that second year, you just wasn't sure. Then they opted to roll the dice again and bring in Harden, which... If they all could have played on the same page, would have worked. But then COVID came and the the the, the, the summer of rides, and then you know Kyrie doesn't want to play. Harden and and KD were actually playing pretty good together, but then they decided to say, "Oh, Kyrie, well, what we told you about you can't play. Now nah, we're just going to forget that you can come to play." And from my point, I've always said. From the moment they decided to go back on their word about Kyrie was a step and foot in and let them play home games, I mean, let them play away games in the home games, to me, I thought that was the, the beginning of the end, bar none. And then he brought up Ben Simmons, and I was just like, it's just a fucking matter of time. But I hope Sean Marks, Joe Tezzi, learns their lesson, get all this draft capital that they got from the, from the Phoenix Suns and go out there and build a fucking floor is all yours Al <laughs> first things first <laughs> alright first things first Um, thank you <laughs> for all the stuff that y'all was talking about and thank you for your concerns about me <laughs> when the train went down um, <laughs> I do appreciate it. Uh, you was right, because once the trade, and it was crazy because I didn't want to talk much about it when it went down, because we just had this discussion last week. And then, like Ace said, not too long after our the pod, I was going to post the podcast, and that's when I saw it. And I was like, ah. so um, I went into hiding. I, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I went to hiding because not just you guys were reaching out to me, of course, everybody else, family, family called me early in the morning. The following day was like, yo, are you okay? I'm like, are, are, are we really doing this? Y'all really checking up on me like this? Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Like, yes, sir. I had, family call me, I had family text me and call me at five in the morning talking about, hey, are you really okay? <laughs> I'm like this. 
I, I didn't really want to respond. People was hitting me up on Facebook. Look, here's the bottom line. Um, I'm going to push back on a couple of things. Um, when I first gave the, the, when I first talked about last week on the podcast with Ace, I said, you know, of course, the goal was to build around KD. Um, from, you know, just, you know, because I, I was concerned that we haven't heard anything from KD. So I was a little bit concerned off of that alone because I think that with everything that went down, the whole, the how the Kyrie trade went down with it being so sudden, I thought that that was alarming. Um, and that was definitely more of a concern now that I'm hearing the fact that, you know, everybody was taken back by it. So um, even KD was shocked the fact that he was, you know, that Kyrie requested a trade. Um, there's a couple of things. Um, so the Nets, in the Nets eyes, they thought that it was just, all right, so we'll, you know, Kyrie wants to be traded. We'll just trade him. We're not even going to like sugarcoat. We're not even going to, you know, play around with this, the whole situation. I thought that the contract, and I said this last week, I thought that this was an issue on both sides. I thought that Kyrie more so the fact of his lack of availability, uh, being the only half the time that he was in Brooklyn, number one. And number two, from the Nets organization side of things, the contract that they put out there for him to, to, to guarantee that he brings a championship, thought that was ludicrous. So I think that it was just the writing on the wall where they wasn't really being serious with Kyrie, um, bottom line, uh, especially for what he was asking for. So it was just, it is what it is at that point. So when Kyrie got traded to Dallas, I thought that we got a good haul. thought that Spencer Dinwiddie and DF, DFS was, I thought that was a great haul and the draft picks. So I was like, hey, we good. Like, to be honest, we don't really need to rebuild because with that, those two dish additions and with KD in the mix, it was, I mean, we should be in a position where we may not be in championship mode or better off where we were, but I thought that they could make some more moves during the trade deadline that would overall help the Nets make it to the championship. Mm -hmm. Then the trade happens. Next thing you know, KD is going to Phoenix. I was like, whoa, that is different because it wasn't public. And I'm going to be honest with you. I give much, much respect to KD because how he handled the whole situation. I mean, he kept everything private, kept everything in house, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like he was arguing, kicking and screaming, whatever the case may be, you know. And I think that for the most part, you know, KD respected, you know, the fact that they did they did do what he requested them to do. So um, I'm not going to knock that. Um, to be honest, after hearing KD's um, interview in Phoenix now about how, you know, he was emotional about the whole trade request and everything because, you know, they, he considered them brothers. And he's still our family. So I, I'm not knocking with KD. The, the respect for him to be traded to Phoenix, it is what it is. You know, much power and success to him. But I agree with you, Ace. What we got back in return, to be honest, I'm not even mad at that. You know, we may not be making it into, like, we may not be in the talks for, like, Eastern Conference Finals now. But we still not in re- complete rebuild. So I think overall... Like we still at least a t- a playoff team, 
And I have ever, we definitely gonna even make it in either. I mean, I don't see us dropping all the way down to the play in, but I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty confident that we should be able to hold our own in the playoffs. That's and built from there. Now, with that being said, I think Phoenix right now is one of the top three teams in the Western Conference. I'm not putting them up as the best team yet because their bench is completely depleted and they have no defense at this point because we got their defense. I'm about to say, they they gave it all up. (laughs) Yeah, they gave it all up. So, um, to be honest, honest, if I'm Phoenix, my concern would be DeAndre Ayton. And now that you brought KD in, DeAndre Ayton is not going to get that many touches as he used to. And I'm going to tell you this right now, all it takes is for something like that I would be very careful of the Suns and DeAndre Ayton situation because I have a feeling that this is not going to be a, a storybook ending, so to speak. Now, I feel, to be honest, I still think Denver right now is still top. I mean, they're playing too well right now. Um, now, with that being said, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which has been Simmons. Now. <laughs> With the utmost respect, I'm going to be very nice about this. And I know he gets, you know, bad rap with everything that went down in Philly, the whole shebang to where he is now. Brooklyn Nets fans is at this point, like, get rid of him. And I said this, I tweeted this out probably earlier, sometime earlier today. I said, I will not be surprised if this offseason they actually trade Ben Simmons and throw a sweetener in, maybe a Joe Harris or even Cam Thomas, um, just to get rid of Ben Simmons out of Brooklyn. But who's uh, going to take him? Somebody's going to take him. They're not, and somebody's going to take him because they're going to take whatever else they're going to add to that Ben Simmons trade. That's what's going to be. It's going to be something where it's going to be a sweetener. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Cam Thomas is added into a sweetener with Ben Simmons, some team is going to take him. Cam Thomas is that dude for the future, um, which is unfortunate. That's not the guard who's lighting it up right now, is it? Yeah. But why would you want to give him up? For Ben Simmons, to get rid of Ben Simmons. Right now, Mikel Bridges right now is, is playing the two guard. I, mm-hmm. That's just, he's the starting two guard. I, I, you just, Cam Thomas, as much as he should have been in that role as six men off the bench or at least a starting two guard, Right now, when they brought Mikel Bridges in, that kind of that kind of messed that up. Um, Cam Thomas needs to, to be honest, he needs to be freed. Bottom line, um, he's too he's too he's too much of an offensive threat. And to, as much as I don't want him to go, he needs to go like be his own score. He's I I get the sense that he is not happy right now taking a back seat now with new people just coming in. Like when Kyrie left, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was thinking like, all right, this is going to be my, you know, my opportunity. When KD left, he was like, oh, this definitely is my opportunity. I'm scoring 40 point games consistent on a consistent basis. So no one else they scoring to score. So this gives me the green light to do whatever I want. I just have a feeling that Hold on. So why can't the, so why can't Brooklyn adjust to be a more of a three guard lineup to get him in the, to get him on the floor? And to be honest, that could be a possibility. The, 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 I like right now they're just tooling out to find out the best possible lineup. Mm-hmm. That's really what it boils down to: the best possible lineup. 
The bottom line, and what I'm saying right now, getting back to, is that if Ben Simmons don't figure it out by the end of the season, I can I would not be surprised if they trade him. I would not be surprised, and I would not be surprised if they add a couple of pieces or even some of those draft picks to 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 get something in return, a value. <laughs> Pack of bubblegum. <laughs> right now, he's 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 being he's paying he's getting paid too much money to be off the bench. He's coming off the bench now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He gets he gets hardly any minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. No, when they ran, uh, to be honest, like, and that's like the reason why I say this, and to be honest, that's when they brought in the hall that they brought in for Kyrie and KD. I knew that that was going to be the lineup going forward. The only thing that they really need is just a a backup big. That's really all they need. If they get a solidified big man to 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 help out, I I it, I could see it easily being a, 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 a I could easily see them being still one of the top teams in the East, sort of like how the Knicks are running right now. Because I thought the Knicks, when Josh Hart came to the Knicks, I thought that was a great great trade. I thought that was a great trade. Um, but as of right now, as it stands between Boston, Milwaukee. Philly is now doing well. Like, anybody can catch them off guard. Brooklyn has what it takes. The problem I'm having right now is it's just they have too much defense. They need, they need to do something. And I think that Jock Vaughn, and I say this right now, I, I completely apologize to Jock Vaughn because I was ripping him a new one game <laughs> coach. I, when he even became, when Steve Nash was let go, I didn't want Jacques Vaughn at all. Um, to be honest, I was still fighting for Ime Doka to come into the mix. But well, he can't. Well, he can't go back to Boston now. For, yeah, for sure. I, now, that, now that that is official, yeah. Big, big up to WVU. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, I'm not like I said. I was gonna hop on the soapbox, but at the end of the day, I I love what the next did, the Nets did because right now they're reestablishing the culture. The culture that was solely missed when they brought in KD and Kyrie. It was a different culture then. Um, so I think that right now they're writing the ship. I think that they just figuring things out. And if Mikel Bridges continues to play like the Mikel Bridges that played this past game, we're going to be okay. Hold up. So what is Karis LeVert? Is he a guard? Yep. They definitely don't need him now. <laughs> no. And to be honest, like to be honest, this is like Nets 2.0. Yeah, right. That's really what it is without the D'Angelo because now he's in L.A. But this is next 2.0 um, with that identity and culture that they're trying to push back or get back, I should say. So They should have never dismissed. They should have never messed with it to begin with. They should have just ran it. But, just, but, like just Smooth, it but like Smooth said, I think this is a lesson learned. Um, I, the, the difference that, and I, this is where I push back with you, Smooth, uh, the difference between the Billy King what Billy King did, I'll never forgive him for that. That what Billy King did with <laughs> KG and Paul Pierce, yeah, that's why he never came. He's never a GM after this whole tobacco. You ain't never see him GMing anywhere. Um, but the difference between this one and um, this the um, Sean Marks situation is just the fact that the problem was is that Kyrie wanted to come to Brooklyn. And Kyrie. Convince KD that they can run things in Brooklyn, and when 
Billy King did that trade. He did the trade just off the simple fact that he thought that once he bring this talent from Boston, even though they was all well past their prime, you know, he thought that that was just going to instantly give him the championship, buy his championship. With this particular case, I think that the problem was that the Stars wanted to come to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn ended up making the decision that we can't keep the same team as if if we get in these type of talent coming into Brooklyn. Um, but I agree with you. They, I think they learned their lesson. I think that at the end of the day, they're not going to do that again. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure of that. So at the end of the day, it's just that right now they want to get things to where they are. And I think that the way things were, and I think that's what they're doing now. So I think yeah. I think they want to mimic uh, the Danny Ainge methodology as far as acquiring as many draft picks as you can and just hitting on all your damn uh, draft picks. Yeah. You can do that. You can build internally. You don't have to worry about this crap no more. And then obviously you have to deal with the circum, you know, the the circumstances when those contracts are up after their rookie years. But you deal with it. You know, yeah. so you keep them core that core pieces intact, and then just keep everything fluid around you. But yeah, yeah, it's just a bad situation altogether. One more thing, yeah, I can't, I can't see Dallas being in the same yeah. position they were last year. I can't. And it's not a knock against Kyrie per se, but adding Kyrie with Luca, I would never thought that would be a perfect mix. When you had when he when Dallas had Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer would would can would what's the word I'm looking for? He would facilitate when necessary. He will score when necessary. I think that at the end of the day, he didn't mind deferring to Luca and let Luca doing all his things. But the whole shit, like past, you know, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, that philosophy is not going to get them anywhere. And I just have a feeling that Dallas is going to end up going backwards instead of forward. Phoenix, they, they, they definitely raised their game, but so did LA. So did the Lakers. Like, to be honest, I thought the Lakers did good too. But at the end of the day, it's just, is it enough on the West? Do you, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah. I uh like I guess we're all gonna see really with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, once KD comes back, if they could all they all need to play together and be healthy at least for about a good ten to fifteen games stretch. And then I think you'll be able to, so they can kind of fit and know whose role is what. Then I think you'll be able to really, I think we'll be able to figure out, you know, what they're going to be going into the playoffs. Because for me, I don't care how good Denver is doing. I've seen this show before. And Denver, to mark my words, I don't believe they're going to be in the West. I mean, excuse me, they won't be, be even in the NBA finals. Do you think they're going to make it out? I mean, you think they're going to make it at least to the Western Conference finals? It's gonna. It, it depends if they if they wind up with the number one seed. It depends on where the Phoenix Suns wind up at. Fair point. Fair point. Do Do you see going back on Kyrie? Can you see Kyrie getting back to the level of acceptance of the way he played in Cleveland with LeBron? 
do you think that he sees a Luca like a LeBron at this at at Luca's point in his career versus where LeBron was at his point in his career? And do you think that Kyrie could sit there and say, "Well, I can see the greatness within Luca, and he's seven years longer, seven years younger than what LeBron was, or maybe even younger than that." when LeBron decided to come back to Cleveland? I mean, he could, but to be honest with you, the way things are right now, like, it's not even a guarantee that, I mean, a possibility that um, Curry stays in Dallas anyway. Like, what's crazy about it is that he could have easily went to Phoenix with Katie. Because um, there was talks about, you know, there was a plan. I mean, the Phoenix owner wanted both Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. Um, was willing to give up Chris Paul and some other stuff um, before the K- KD trade went down. So it was very intriguing. Like, it, to be honest, KD, I mean, KD, Kyrie wants his money. Kyrie wants that extension. I mean, not the extension. He wants a full four-year contract. Mm-hmm. That's really what it boils down to. If he doesn't get the four-year contract from any team, then I can see him considering a two-year with Dallas or LA. But he definitely wants the money first. That's really what it boils down to. So, whether Dallas gives it to him, I don't know. It all depends on how, like Smooth said, how they play, like how everything gels in the next couple of games between Luka and Kyrie. But I'm pretty sure that in doing that, they, whoever is playing with uh, in Dallas, if they were getting touches before, they're not going to get those touches now. <laughs> <laughs> two balls, but at least Luca yeah. makes his shots. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, it. I, that's why I said the same thing about DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix because you got Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to facilitate to the right people. The question is whether or not you got Devin Booker. And now you got KD. DeAndre ain't going to get those same touches. They don't want DeAndre to just focus on rebounding and defense. He ain't gonna like that. <laughs> no, and 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 to me personally, that's a severe waste of his talent. Yeah. He's a he's a twenty and ten guy, easy. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, I mean, I, I like I said before, I'm not from a Brooklyn standpoint. I'm not mad with KD. I respect him for what he did, because um, everything was done in the background. It's, I mean, I kind of wish that he, you know. I kind of wish the whole summer thing didn't go down the way it did, but outside of that, I don't really have no, to be honest, I don't really have any issues with what they did in general. Like, well, I'm just good with where we are right now. I think that's more so the case. In my last question or my last situation about this whole scenario, Mm -hmm. when you think about Kyrie's, not his introductory, I don't know if it was his introductory press conference with Dallas or his conversation that he had either after his first game or before the first game, I don't know what you want to call it, versus what KD said today. Seems like polar opposites of what was going on in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So what is it with Kyrie that he's throwing that much shade? Is it because of the disrespect from the money standpoint, from the contract? I think that's I think that's hella petty. You know what I'm saying? And but I mean, and somebody says something about this that I think now that I'm thinking about it kind of makes I I I understand. I guess you could say um, 
Kyrie is not off of like Kyrie is more that person where is based off his, the contract is based off of his skill set, what he can bring, not what he has done. And I think that that's really what the 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 mindset that Kyrie has. He's like, yo, this is what I can bring, but he's not in that mindset of this is what I've done in regards to helping you guys out. And I think that that's where the disconnect is. So, um, like I said before, I, I Kyrie is at that position where, you know, the skill set can only take you so far. Um, but the rest of the teams is not looking at just the skill set. They're looking at your experience and what you've done. And unfortunately, it's, it's not something that both sides are in agreement of. Put it like that. Okay, and I know I said that was my last statement, but <laughs> Kyrie brought Cleveland the championship, dude. I mean, you can say LeBron willed a lot of different things, but if it wasn't for Kyrie and his clutch shooting in game seven, Cleveland wouldn't even have the damn chip. So, I mean, That's he has something that he could say he brought to the table. Wrong. That was, he has that something was... that he could brought to the table in Cleveland. That was years ago. <laughs> that was years ago. Now, if this was happening where he just left Cleveland, then it would not be a conversation. But based off the history that he's done when he went to Cleveland, then went to Boston, then came to Brooklyn, all during that time where he wanted out. He wanted to get something in return and didn't get what he wanted. So that's when he moved on. So it's it's basically it's the, the the teams are looking at these past experiences with these previous teams so that's why i say it's going to be difficult for i wouldn't say difficult but a lot of teams are not are are in are, are not in the conversation of offering Kyrie a four-year contract because if they did they would have traded for him a long time ago dallas seems as though the only one willing to do what was necessary to bring Kyrie to their team Sorry, I didn't want to hop on a soapbox being running this late, but you know, I just Brooklyn is just you know you know me I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, so I think that overall this is just what we needed to just start new. I think it was good for both te- both sides to basically just let bygones be bygones. It's the it's like an end of a a, a long term relationship. You know, you'll miss them, but you know you gotta think for yourself now and you gotta start loving yourself so hope brooklyn nets fans start loving themselves and put this past behind because this whole Kyrie just stayed and fired the gm and the owner for all this stuff it's 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 petty now we passed that now i mean if you're a brooklyn nets fan stay true to brooklyn bottom line well the beauty about all this is, is that we're only at the a little bit more past the halfway mark an all-star game in Salt Lake City, which I was not even aware of until about an hour before the call is going Same on. Here. The <laughs> so, and, you know, I start paying attention to the NBA really after the all-star break. And so, because that's when things start getting a little bit real. The players who are going to be in the playoffs are going to be there. And the people who are going to be fighting for the draft pick of the kid out of France, wherever he's at. That's going to start right after the All-Star break. So you're going to have 
winners and you're going to have tankers. <laughs> they kill me about the, the so much press that they have about this number one draft pick. Like, it just, it's, it boggles my mind. Bothers me. <laughs> yeah, oh, it really, oh, it bothers me too. No. And, and, and this is why I listen to nothing during the day. <laughs> I, just, I, I just cut it all out. I just sit in this utter silence most of the day. And this, this, uh, drown myself in a bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah, with a bunch of nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well, fellas, it is about that time. So let them know where they can find you at. Ooh, you can find me shouting out the XFL because they're kicking off their season this weekend. Get it. Uh, nothing more with a little bit more foosball to kind of take your mind off the NBA to the playoffs. But you can also find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Um, question. Do they have this? Did they still have the celebrities? I gotta check to see if they still have the celebrity all-star game. What? Probably, I guess. I don't know. NBA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, who cares? I know, I know. I, I, I'll be at the movie theater on Friday night. <laughs> I'll be surprised there's that many celebrities out there. Salt Lake City is usually not your most you know, go to destination spot, but I digress. <laughs> it's a party wherever the NBA is. Yeah, yeah, that is also true. <laughs> but you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our quals, Twitter, Instagram, I am our quals. And you can find me on the gram, Twitter, or Snapchat, J.E. Ross, the number seven. Everybody want to thank you for listening, subscribing, whether it be on YouTube or any of the streaming platforms, listen to our podcast. We are out there. As always, love, peace, and soul. Don't forget your hair grease for those who have hair. <laughs>